SAFM, leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. on SAFM. Hi, Songezo. Welcome back. I'm glad that the president has banned alcohol because of a lot of accidents that take place and people die. Thank you so much, Anonymous. Much appreciated. Chapter 2. Good evening to you and your guest. Compliments of the new season and welcome back. Personally, I'm for the vaccine, yet as most vaccines take time to produce, we don't have sufficient clinical trials that ensure the safety of the vaccine. The vaccine currently produced do not guarantee safety of usage. Chapter 2, always incisive in one's thoughts. Let's get some of those thoughts only to do with father's rights and access to children, a follow-up conversation. Good evening, Chris Marie is an advocate, senior family advocate in the National Department of Justice and Constitutional Development. A harrowing conversation, but nonetheless a necessary one because South Africa is far from seeing its zenith point in relation to some of the most critical social development questions, this being one of them. Advocate, good evening. Good evening, Sangeza, and good evening to the listeners. Let's talk about parental alienation. Let's talk about fathers being absent for whatever the reason. Let's talk about those fathers who are bent on seeing their children, but for some reason or the other, if not the mother, the mother's family, or the system or its rules or laws, don't quite allow for that easy access to yes, seeing one's yes, child. Sir. You know all about this. Give us your submissions, please. What have you well, seen? The problem that we face is very often that fathers who wants to be involved, and let's talk about those fathers um, uh, tonight, those fathers who really want to be part of their children's lives must make sure, and I'm talking about fathers of children born out of wedlock, where they have not secured or defined their, their rights. That is the first step to take. Very often fathers... Um, engage with a lot of institutions, but but they refrain from actually taking the correct steps. Which and the, the steps would be to, first of all, define your rights. Those those rights are very basic and, and to the letter defined in the Act itself, that basically boils down to only three things. First of all, standing on its own, if the father and the mother of a child were engaged in a life relationship, and the child was born during period, mm. the father will automatically be entitled to parental responsibilities and rights. Yes. That's the one side. On the other side, is we, we're talking about those fathers having an on and off relationship with a lady, and only later on find out that this lady was actually pregnant and a child was born. If that father then announces himself as the father of the child or obtain a court order to declare that, that's the one thing. The second one, if the father contributes to the day-to-day expenses of that child um, or to the line cost, as we say, uh, sure. in the hospital and so forth. And the third one, if the father, in the, during a, or for a reasonable period, has contributed to the maintenance of this child. Very often people, uh, there's a huge debate on the maintenance and all these things because they interlink. If I give my child or the mother of my child clothing and I give her food and I give her money as part of it, all those are taken into account as maintaining this child. Then I would qualify for parental responsibilities and rights. But 
it's still not on paper. And that is the problem that we sometimes engage. From what I'm listening to you, the Chris, sorry to interrupt you, I, I, I get the distinct sense that, yes, sure, you've mentioned these three essential rights, but yes. in this context, let's talk about fathers. From what I've heard you say, and I could be mistaken, is yes. these rights, as opposed to being automatic, and upon an inquiry, it is found that the father should therefore be disqualified or therefore should not qualify. I get the distinct sense that one almost has to prove all of these things. I am the father. I am present. I am available. I am willing to do this for the father then to get the rights as opposed for the rights and the responsibilities, of course, to accrue immediately upon the ascertainment of identity stroke DNA. And then one disqualifies oneself through, let's say, one's behavior. Why am I getting that sense? You know, you, we live in a in a society based on rules and a lot of paper. If I want to prove something, I need to present a piece of paper or something. Very often, this starts the, the animosity between parents where one person would say, that is my child. The mother would has moved on with her life, denies that. You are quite right to say you get the feeling that I need to prove something. The obvious thing is that even if I was, if I, if, if I was in a marriage and I got divorced, I received a decree of divorce when my marriage ended. That placed me in a position where I have a regime in place where I would be able to see my children and make certain decisions on my children. And it's a foregone conclusion that I have those rights. For the father of a child born out of wedlock, it only it only would take certain steps, which is such a father will be assisted with at any children's court, at the family advocate's office, um, to fill in a, 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 maybe a form for a parenting plan at a children's court, do the same. Very often, um, I think it was mentioned during your program, where fathers have problems with the the mother's family, where the child is now staying with the family, we should know that those none of those people, that includes the father, has something on paper to claim that I'm the father or mother of this child and I hold responsibilities and rights. So we need to put it on paper. We need to formalize this relationship because it has a huge influence for later on in life for this child who signs for the, 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 the identity document, who signs for the passport of this child. And, and for that purpose alone, I need to establish and define my rights mm. the moment I go to court or I engage with the other person in a parenting plan. The, the reason why this is becoming more and more important, of course, there's an amendment on the Children's Act, which is currently before Parliament, and it, it aims to close these institutional gaps that you've been talking about yes. to address the challenges of unmarried fathers when it comes to the parental rights. Yes. Let's for a moment suspend law because law is for us. We are not for the law. Yeah. Good old common sense, good old yes. humanity. There is a child. Surely the best interests of the child should almost be fundamental to whatever the law says. And only when there might be blurred lines or inefficiencies in these human relations and what I call good common sense and human relations might then the law or should then the law kick in. I am the father to your daughter's child. Why can't I see my child? Why should that be an institutional challenge as opposed to being a social 
matter that should be encouraged? <laughs> you know, this is we, we, we're putting our heads into a beehive at the moment. Because remember, we have such a diverse society in South Africa. We have to take account of customs. If, if I have my daughter and my daughter has a child and you want to, to and you're reasoning common sense, what about the custom that you did not pay my damages or you did not pay the bola mm, for mm, that child? Mm, mm, the mm, problem mm. is customs and, and, and I'm t- talking about not only in our, in, 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 this is society as a broad society. In every single house, the father would object to anyone to, uh, uh, marrying his daughter if he fathered the child with my child with even my consent or having a relationship with my child. Now, yes, it takes a village to raise a child. We all know that. Mm. But the fact is, at the end of the day, that child and the common sense that goes with that still needs to comply to legislation. We live in that type of society. Um, that means the granny will not be able to go and sign for the passport application forms because the lady at the, at the window at the Department of Home Affairs will say, but where's the mother and father of this child? If the, the, the granny cannot prove or the grandfather cannot prove a, uh, and present a piece of paper, that child will go without a passport in the absence of a court order. And that's it. Yeah, so, so we are we are against the wall on the one side, but it's we can overtake that problem. Our laws and the best interest principle are clearly encapsulated in in legislation. What is in the interest of a child? Just recently, just recently, there was a judgment where a grandmother, mm, and mm, not in mm. terms of the of of the inheritance act, had to be declared as a parent. Sure. Because of our legislation not providing for that. But the law is on the developing. It always develops. Correct. So it evolves. And we need to we need to understand that it, it if we want the law to evolve, we need to put up our hands mm. and say, Listen, but do we need to change this? And that is why, yes, there is a there is going to be um some amendments to the Children's Act. Hopefully it will mm. come in this year. Mm and our parliament will be able to function normally. But the fact is, we have a huge problem of guardianship. Guardianship vests in the high court. And, and, and it differs from what we understood in the past as custody. We no longer use that term. We use the term, the terminology now used is parental responsibilities and rights that encapsulates basically guardianship maintenance, contact, and the residency and care of children. So all these things must be taken into account when we think about the holistic picture of a child's life. We will eventually get this child to write his matric exam where the requirement is an identity document and someone needs to sign, a mother and father needs to sign to say that we are the mother and father of this child. Mm, mm. Those are all the requirements that we need to adhere to. So, yes, we would like to make it easier. Sure. But because of child trafficking, we can also not allow these things to happen that quick. 
There are, there, are, there are sure many systemic challenges and I don't take okay. anything away from that. And perhaps I shouldn't be leading this conversation because I'm somewhat a little removed from the emotion that comes with all of this. So I'm going to oh, ask yes. my callers to come through. My callers have got live experiences. Perhaps you've met with a Chris Marie. Advocate Chris Marie is, of course, the senior family advocate in the National Department of Justice and Constitutional Development. We're talking fathers' rights and access to children, a follow-up conversation from sometime late last year. There are fathers right now who are struggling to see their children there are fathers who did not see their children at a time that was and is known for being family time. There are responsibilities that they would love to exercise but cannot exercise for a myriad of reasons, law being one of them, custom being another, and just good old family relations that have been strained for too long for too much that do not now allow for common sense, as I call it, and humanity to participate. 2046, we have a caller from the Vols. Tembula, good evening. Thank you for calling us. Happy New Year. Your thoughts for Chris. <laughs> Happy New Year. Evening. Thank you very much. Um, I just have a few questions for Chris. Um, firstly, um, uh, legally, uh, I'll, may, I'll be specific uh, with my kids, for example. I work in Johannesburg. Uh, my child is in Pumalanga. Uh, but let's say my family is in Pumalanga, and then my mother, my siblings, my father, and then let's say uh, they want to see my child. Is it is it a must for me to be at home for the mother to bring the child? One, um, two. Another thing is it a must for a mother to be there if if she's bringing the child to my home? Is it a must for her to be there? 24/7 when there's when there's a lot of when I'm there and there's a lot of other adults there and my partner that who can look after the child but then she insists that she can never leave the child with my family and then leave and, and just leave her there and also if she's contradicting the agreement that because we went to children's court we sat down with an advocate and a social worker they asked me what my, my requests were, and I stated, and they drafted down an agreement. Now, if she's now contravening that agreement, what's my, my step that I've got to take my first step? Do I go there, and do I have the right to even maybe start contesting for custody? Since she's not willing to be able to adhere to any agreement that we agreed to with the advocate. Thank you. Stabula, thank you so much for your call. It can't be easy even engaging in this topic on air, no less. Chris, your thoughts? So, let me just start with the following. Tembile, the problem that you face is that the jurisdiction follows the child, which means that if you want to go and do anything, you need to go do it where the child normally resides, which in your case would be Mapumalanga. But going on to your question, the mother of a children and the father of a child, there's no distinction between that anymore. Which means a father can father and mother a child just as good as any woman. Now, I know that what I'm saying now at the moment, in some cases, will not easily be accepted by certain ladies. But the fact is our constitution has equalized all of us. Which means that I am equal to anyone else which means that I can look after my child just as well as any other woman. So the requirement of the mother that she needs to be present when you are exercising your contact is not fair 
and it's not fair with respect to the child. Because this child must be must be allowed to have a relationship and share a relationship with both parents and the extended family of those parents. We do not know what is going to happen. Real life very often intervenes. What happens if the mother is not there tomorrow? And this child must now be fathered by a father that this child does not even know. If the mother engaged with the father in such as in Timbele's uh, 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 matter, there may have been a court order because if they have indeed signed a settlement or a parenting plan, the court would have made this an order of court. Which makes, which makes this an offense to frustrate a court order. And this is an offense in terms of legislation. The Children's Act makes provision for that. Now, you can, you can choose to do what to do. You can go back to court, to the children's court, and the magistrate will address that on the other side. It may be a better option to go straight to the police station and institute criminal charges. Now remember, the question all leads to the, the answer all leads to the question, the very last question: Will I be able to, at in the very end, to ask the court, who is the upper guardian, to declare me as the residency parent? To do that, I need to now say that this mother has frustrated this child's ability to have a decent relationship with the father of this child and the extended family. And we have taken these steps. We have taken, we went to court, we've, in, in, we've engaged in mediation, we've concluded a parenting plan. It was made a court order, the mother kept on frustrating. We went to the police station where we instituted uh, criminal charges. Those criminal charges were in fact pro- uh, proceeded with, or whatever the case it might be, and the mother still persists then I think it's a very good case that a father can place before court to have a change in the residency of the child. Yeah, heavy days. Thank you so much. Stambula from, well, he made an example. He's from the Val, but he made an example which is very dear and near to him. We do hope that we will be able to field another call. Let's take a short ad break as we continue the conversation thereafter. Father's rights and access to children, a follow-up. Here, there. And everywhere. SAFM 105.9 FM in Port Elizabeth. On SAFM. Welcome back, guys. 2053, just shy on seven minutes before we take our first news bulletin on the viewpoint this evening. I see a lot of you are recording voice notes and then they disappear and then the same number is recording again. Don't be shy. Give us your thoughts. Just keep it under a minute and be alone and have no background noise. And for the most part, I promise we will be able to play that. And we are talking about fathers' rights and access to children. Advocate Chris Marie is on the line as a senior family. Advocate, National Department of Justice. We have time for maybe two quick calls. Johannesburg, 714-2006. Chris, you mentioned custom earlier on, and I would imagine this is something very vexing because no one custom is the same to the next. Exactly. Yeah. And even within the custom, you're going to get guys who are just here to play the fool in the name of custom, in the name of tradition. Yeah. And whichever custom you know and know very well, it's not always going to be the one that you're going to be presented with. Exactly. How now do we engage 
the law to common sense to custom all about making sure this child has got the best possible environment to know who the father is as well as the mother and the extended families of both going back to the beginning of the program i mentioned the fact that the father has all those choices or even the grandmothers may have choice or the extended family when they are they are uh, looking after a child is to to engage the children's court and if there are a problem with respect to the the exact layout or the what the meaning of the custom that we would apply in a particular uh, matter that is one of those matters that goes to the office of the family advocate and that's where the expertise lie of over many years of people that can engage with the families, engage with the extended families, engage with the the uncles who were present and during the negotiations to see what has happened. Even look at the papers that were signed during the uh, um, the initial uh, Labola engagements, and if all the other customs were applied. And adhere to, because very often we would engage in one or two of the requirements which is mentioned in the Recognition of Customary Marriage Act, which is also a, a, a huge problem. But those customs and everything will be addressed during inquiries done by the Office of the Family Advocate. And it's all free of charge. People do not have to engage with lawyers or or. or uh, um, legal representation or need uh, legal representation. What they need to do is to just take the initial steps to go to the children's court, explain their particular situation, and they at the children's court will be assist, assisted by very able uh, officials of the department who will then int- uh, open a file, goes to the children's court, and if the children's uh, the, the presiding officer of the children's court decides that this is a matter that needs further investigation. That presiding officer will then postpone the matter for investigation by the family advocate, a recommendation, and that can be followed later on in a court order. Let's take a quick call. I'm sorry to interrupt you there, Chris. 2056, make it snappy, please, if you will. Anonymous, KZN, good evening. Thank you for calling. Happy Uh, New Year. Good uh, season's greetings to you, Songhezo, and thank you so much uh, and uh, for remembering me. <laughs> and I just want to say you've got a lovely guest there on your show for in the new year. Mm. And I hope and pray that every parent is listening, every, every separated parent, divorced parent, or parent is listening to this point of view because it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's very enlightening. And it's um, educa- uh, very educating as well, and people should listen and take heed to it. But my point is, um, uh, how uh, when, a, when a parent both move both ways, you know, either the um, uh, female or male spouse move either ways when they're separated, but they dump their children with their, uh, their hyperactive children with uh, 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 the granny who cannot cope with them, and they go on in different ways. They go on to different towns and they start their lives again, and this. Poor child is caught up in the crossfire, and the granny can't 
uh, attend to them just like their parents will attend to because the child is hyperactive. Mm, good point. Thank you so good much. Good point. Because this is an extension, if you like, of the parental responsibility and rights thing. And grandparents are an essential feature to this very discussion. Though they might not be the mother nor the father, grandparents are fundamentally and centrally yeah. located yeah. in this conversation. Final yeah. comments. Yeah. Um, let me just first of all say that this is not this is not a new problem. Remember, South Africa has a unique society where we in, engage our grandparents to a large extent in, in in raising our children. If a child has and certain special needs, the, the Children's Act makes provision for them. We need to decide what is in the interest of that child. That is why there are institutions such as the Family Advocates Office. It is necessary if that child needs special treatment, for instance, uh, to to address the hyperactivity. The Family Advocates Office are there to engage with professionals and to recommend to the court initially or eventually uh, or on interim, on the interim, because even those cases can be uh, uh, over a long period uh, be scrutinized by the Family Advocates Office before a final court order is made to determine which parent or even a third party will be the best place for this child to, to, to have a decent life. And, 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 and that is where the, the children's courts are so valuable in the system together with the Family Advocates Office, which is an institution, a vested institution, for more than 30 years now. I propose to do this, Chris, because we do have a couple of voice notes that are really interested in your response. Have you five minutes, please, after the news? At 21 hours we take news, 21.05 the news are over, or news is over, and then I can just get your response, please, very quickly in five minutes. I'll be delighted to do that. Advocate Chris Murray, good man. Let's take news. Good evening, Grechos. Happy New Year. Be well and healthy this year. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Leading the conversation. The Viewpoint. Weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. Songhezo Mapete on the viewpoint. Hi there, Songhezo, and your guest, uh, also to our fellow listeners. Songhezo, I know that I'm not biologically the father of this child. I had a relationship with a mother that's recently ended. The relationship was for seven years. Um, when we started our relationship, the child was three. Um, I obviously grew to love him as my own. I've recently been diagnosed with a terminal cancer and now the mother uh, has become estranged from me. Um, Regarding um, leaving the child something um, in my will and testament um, and and any claims against the mom um, through social workers, etc., because she's really not fit to look after the child, uh, what advice does your advocate have, please? Yeah. What happened was that 
the case was ordered for investigation, but the clerk of the court struck it off the roll. Then I discovered upon inquiry of when the result of investigation would be, and I reported the matter to the prosecutor. The prosecutor immediately ordered an investigation again. And then I also, for the second time after this order, I discovered that it has been struck off the roll for the second time, and I'm still to hear the result of the investigation. Chris, your thoughts, please. Two questions, two calls. Yeah, the, the first, the first, the first question and first caller. Um, the the gentleman has obviously been recognised as the holder of parental responsibilities and rights, which means that it would be a, an the correct way would be to engage with the mother in mediation, firstly to establish if she was willing to to then conclude a parenting plan. For him to leave any asset or any of his assets to the child would merely be to leave it in his will. I can bequeath in my will anything to anyone. Hmm. I do not need to have parental responsibilities and rights, but in his case, he qualifies for that. I think his concern will be whether or not the mother will indeed use that money or whatever the bequeath is responsibly and, which is more, for the benefit of the child when he's no longer around. In in concluding his will, the gentleman can actually determine that a curator be be appointed for this child uh, to see to it that this child is, in fact, the beneficiary of whatever is left to this child, and 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 then uh, it, it need not be such a big problem. Sure. Let's go to the second. The question. second caller. I'm not so. I'm not so sure um, if the granny is it. What happened here? Uh, is it a? Uh, I, I knew. I, I heard. Just heard that there was a matter that was in court, and there was a prosecutor in, engaged. Uh, why was this? so? Uh, yeah, the, the the details there are a bit vague, but from what you could hear, what perhaps, because sometimes these things are emotional and you don't know what you actually know. Yes, so how much yeah. you advise the listener in terms of just the way forward from work? You, you know, know, first of all, if this is a concern, granny or third party, I would, I would immediately advise this lady to go to the nearest children's court because it seems as if they are already criminal matters which have been instituted in this case for this for this for this person uh, the avenue or the, the route to take would be to engage with the children's court it's a very very uh, easy form to complete it's called a form two this person can just complete that form they will open a file they will investigate the matter and then the matter will serve before court and then if necessary and the magistrate is not sure, or the presiding officer is not sure, the matter will eventually be be handed over to the family advocate's office for further investigation in the matter. So there's a wide spread of ifs and buts and, and possibilities that can happen in this particular matter. Let's leave it there. Thank you so much then, Advocate Chris Mary. Much appreciated for your time and the indulgence after the allotted time. <laughs> 
Hopefully soon we will have you back and we can possibly engage more South Africans as they look to remedy a social ill that has gripped the nation for far too long. The fact that we have to speak in such terms, fathers' rights and access to children, is in and of itself a challenge that we and only we as a society ourselves can get over. But until then, thank you, sir. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. 2110, it's time for a short ad break, of course, before we go into the usual on a Monday, hashtag Health on Monday. Our guest this evening is Dr. Mvuyisi Mzugwa, Vice Chairperson at SAMA, South African Medical Association.